opening crawl. A long time ago, three friends talked about recording a show, a podcast in which they could feel truly free to discuss tons of nerdy stuff passionately, like dragons, time travel, robots, and clones, mutants, time travel, board games, and thrones, aliens, wizards, time travel, zombies, zombies that time travel? You betcha, Dobby. Comic-Con, steampunk, parallel worlds, Mega Man, Hearthstone, but no sports or girls. So red pill or blue pill, now that you know, we'd like to welcome you to the Cast Springer Show. Introducing your hosts, Pat Singer of House Diana, Chris Singer of House Jupiter, and Randy Saffer of House Diana. Castbringer! Welcome to Castbringers! How's it going, Randy, Chris? How are you guys doing? Going great. Going great, Pat. How are you doing, Chris? I'm here. Favorite time of the week. Good good to be alive. Love it. Castbringers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Their new tagline, good to be alive. I mean, because it, it is. It is good to be alive. Because <laughs> it's better than the other option. It's better than not being alive. I will say that. Agreed. <laughs> All right, guys. So what what uh what have you been nerding out on this week, Randy? How about you? So I just finished up Lovecraft Country. Watched uh, the last episode last night, and um, I don't, have you guys seen it yet? No, I'm very no. because I do really want to watch that show. All right. So we'll save discussing that for another week. Um, I will say though, overall, not my favorite fantasy. I think it was a little sloppy at times. I talked to one of our avid listeners rob and uh he agreed with me um but i'll let you guys watch it and uh, i'm learning how to play D D. I just finished up figuring out how to do dm our first uh module or campaign so we're ready to play guys uh, it's taken a long time and uh i've sharpened my pencil quite a bit and uh, i think uh, i'm ready to go so that's what i've been doing Tune in for a group of middle-aged white dudes learning how to play D and D. Every everyone's dream. It sounds riveting. To be to be the listener, not to actually. You don't get to play; you get to listen to us play. Yes, which some would say is even better. Some, some I don't know who, but some. <laughs> so, just I before we move on, do you guys know how to play at all? Like anything about it? Like even what DC means within the so, game. Right? So when I when I'm when I'm talking about some people like to listen to people, other people play D and I'm one of those people. I've listened <laughs> to all 300, 500. I don't know how many episodes of Critical Hit, the major spoilers Dungeons and Dragons podcast where they play. So I know how to play Fourth Edition very well, and I know all of the abbreviations, all the lingo all the dice rolls. Um, I don't know like what, um, like the different spells and stuff like that. I'd have to look up the spells and equipment, but I think that's pretty, even on that show, they're always looking up what their own spells are anyways. So I'm pretty familiar with at least the concept of playing D&D. Yeah, and I'm also somewhat familiar. I'm, I haven't listened to as much as Chris, but I have listened to a couple episodes with Chris uh, of pretty cool hit like when we've been in long car rides together and stuff i also in the beginning of quarantine got really into harman quest which i mean i'll go ahead and plug that now it was very good uh very funny but just uh dan Harmon and, and a bunch of his celebrity friends playing dungeons and dragons now they do like modified short modules so they can fit into like half hour segments um but you know they're still playing it so you kind of get get an idea of what's happening which is, you know pretty cool 
Yeah, the module we're going to do is already pre-made. So I think that's going to make hopefully things a lot better. Um, and it is, it is pretty cool from the Dungeon Master side, which I've never done. I've only played from the other side. But just to kind of see, it's very uh, choose-your-own-adventure-ish, which I loved those books as a kid. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That's one of the things the, the DM of Critical Hit always talks about is be prepared for any decision that you think your um, player characters might make. And then once you think you're prepared for everything, get ready to throw all of that out because they're going to give you a random curveball and you're not going to use half of the stuff you prepare. And he's talked about how he had these like epic battles prepped out and mapped and planned. And he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't use half of them because, you know, they don't decide to go down door number three. They decide to blow a hole in the wall and climb out the dungeon instead. So something crazy like that is bound to go on. Yeah. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I have a, I have the whole first part planned out and we're probably not going to make it past the first guy that you guys have to talk to based on how I think this is going to go. You you guide us to talk to the innkeeper and instead we stab him. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. That's enough for this, this week's episode. (laughs) So that's, I've been nerding out on Pat. Nice. Chris, how about you? Uh, just have the uh, new mobile game Dragon Quest Tactics came out last week. So I've been playing through that um, kind of as a follow up to last week's meat and potatoes. It's definitely got that gotcha spin pay to win type mentality. I haven't put any money into it yet. And I don't actually don't think I'm going to put into it, but it's got um, the, I don't know if you've ever played like Final Fantasy Tactics or any of those tactics-based, turn-based RPG games, um, but it's it's kind of like that. Uh, so it's fun, and we're talking about D&D, so it's a lot like a D&D combat system where you, you move to the square and then you have to pick your action. And um, I mean, obviously the, the game calculates all the damage and everything, but it's a decent game. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's got me in for a little bit at least. It's, I have a daily check in on it and get my login bonus gotta get my 40 gems every day <laughs> save up to my 3000 for my extra roll for 10 and then see if i get an s level character monster to put into my army and then level up with oh god it's so ridiculous so i can't believe I'm, i think i'm actually going to delete it right now after i said all that out loud <laughs> no, no 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 judgment self-judgment self-judgment <laughs> Wait another day or two until you cap out all the progression because you can't go any further until you buy something and then you delete it, right? That's usually how it goes for me anyway with this game. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's gonna. They have the system now because there's um how many eight, nine, twelve Dragon Quest games. So you know, right now they just released the Dragon Quest One event. So you're kind of like playing through the Dragon Quest One monsters and. When you battle them, you can recruit them and you know, got to catch them all. They get that Pokemon mentality in there. And again, I'm saying this out loud. And I really think I'm going to delete the game after we record now. Because <laughs> if you didn't know you were listening to a nerd podcast yet, well, yeah, I hope you know now. So when this you, is Chaos Bringers, no judgment <laughs> nerds on. When you first said Dragon Quest, I thought you meant first Dragon Warrior, and I got super psyched because that was one of the first RPG games I ever played. 
Yes, well, that's what it is. Maybe it's Dragon Warrior Quest Tactics. Okay, well, then I thought, then I was thinking King's Quest, which was another one of my favorites. Listen, I'm I'm pulling it up on my phone. Okay. I'm going to look, and I'm sure there's some listeners yelling at us now about what's the the name. It is Dragon Quest Tactics. Okay. But it is the Dragon Warrior. Was Dragon Warrior, isn't it originally called Dragon Quest, but they changed it to Dragon Warrior for the north america release so the only one i had was dragon warrior 4 because it came for free if you had a subscription to nintendo power yes. do you remember that i waited yeah, by the mailbox every day for this thing yeah it was Is awesome. that the one where you you battled slimes and they yes. had the metal slime and yeah. gave you like tons of yes that's dragon mm-hmm. quest i think dragon warrior is the same though that they like I wonder if they just rebranded like later in the series or something. I feel like it is kind of the same game. Well, Dragon War, well, the one I played came out in probably 91. So there's a chance they might have rebranded, be, you know, between then and now. Or like the Dragon Warrior is just the hero in Dragon Quest. Yeah. It would be something like that. I don't really remember. I Same, I played one. I played the Dragon Quest game. I think it came out for PS1. Here you go. I remember it was like 140 hours long. And so I think I got like close to the end, but never beat it because it was just so long and so much. I Googled the answer. Google Dragon Quest versus Dragon Warrior. And one of the questions on Wikipedia comes up. Early in the series, Dragon Quest games were released under the title Dragon Warrior in North America to avoid trademark conflict with an unrelated tabletop RPG, Dragon Quest with no space. Dragon Quest, the game title has a space in it. So the Square Enix, the company, didn't register Dragon Quest with a space for use in the United States until later. Okay. There you go. So actually, I was right. Everything. Yes. And it's on the internet. It's got to be true. So <laughs> you know what's true. right. That was the Dragon Warrior 4 was the game where it came with all these maps and like a laminated yes. card. And my mom still makes fun of me because she says, I remember when you had that whole thing spread out, I thought you were going to be like a genius. Like, yeah, he's really getting into it. And then I, I didn't become anything. Not, not a genius, mom. Just nope. a super <laughs> dork. Super dork loved beating up slimes. You can see now you have a podcast talking about it. Which I haven't told her about yet, but maybe one day. Okay. <laughs> when she isn't disappointed in me enough is when I'll bring up the podcast <laughs> and send her the link. No, um, you got to hit her when she's most disappointed in you. Oh, yeah. Then it's not going to have as much of an impact and it'll just be meh. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> uh, Pat, what, do you, what are you nerding out on? Yeah, uh, a couple things. So I got, got to catch up on WandaVision. So all caught up on that. Really, really good. Uh, actually, even better, I think, than I originally thought it was going to be. Um, and then just dabbling into some of my different video games, little Pokemon sword playing with my son. Um, have you little... caught them all? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> all. not, not even close. Had to ask that. Uh, we did get the last badge though. We, we got the, uh, dragon badge. So now we're just, we're, we're in the grind part. We got to grind up dragon quest badge, dragon from warrior mobile badge. game, dragon gym badge. <laughs> There's a gym in my dragon quest game now. Well, yeah, to catch all the Pokemon. Where I have to catch all of the monsters. Pokemon <laughs> is short for pocket <laughs> monsters. Your mobile phone goes in your pocket. Yes. I think 
we so our new thing is we don't like to wait more than one to two minutes for callbacks so i thought that was pretty good chris i don't know about you guys well, it's not a callback if it's only one minute in <laughs> well yeah that's yeah that's You're our just limit keeping now. the joke going <laughs> yes. oh it's extending it i got you yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah pokemon uh and then also dabbled into a little days gone and uh one of our one of our avid listeners, shout out to Brian. Uh, we're in a Madden franchise together, so making sure I'm just keeping up on that. What team you? Well, so we started the franchise right in the height of Bill's uh, dominance. So I was. Oh, Bills. Yep, was super into it, and that's kind of what wanted me to buy Madden. So I'm the Bills. Go Bills. So tell me your rules for Madden. Are you guys both in the same um, division, so you have to oh. play each other? Yes. So we are. We are both in the AFC East. Uh, so I am the Bills. He is the Dolphins. We played head to head once already. Uh, and? He, he beat me. He beat me pretty good, like pretty handily. Uh, I I haven't played a, a an actual person in Madden in probably 10, 12 years. <laughs> I'm not going to use that as an excuse because I don't think I'm also very good at Madden. Like I'm good. I'm good enough to like beat a computer, but not like another like human being so what level difficulty are you on so the default on the default on the on the league is rookie usually i'm used to playing at like all pro which i think is like the second highest um and brian the guy that i'm in the league with he wanted actually to move it up to like all madden and she's pretty so hard yeah smash my controller i think we did that so uh, we are going to move it up after the end of the season, though, because it is kind of fun playing on rookie. We're just dropping like 60, 70 points. Yeah, you could get, like throw a throw a ninety yard touchdown every yeah. play if you want. Yeah. It's really fun. It's really really fun. Uh, was... But I did actually. So Josh Allen did break his collarbone in like two <laughs> games, so out for and seven. Luck. So I picked up uh, some weird rookie from Hawaii, uh, who's just like super fast. So running, Rainbow Warriors. Yeah, running just like a crazy Lamar Jackson style offense with him pretty good i always struggled with the defense in madden have they made it any easier or they they made it like basically to be good at defense you used to have to play as a linebacker and just get good playing with a linebacker they've added some like defensive line moves now where it's a little easier to play as like a defensive end so that's usually what i try to do is just play as a defensive end to get the sack and if Mm -hmm. i don't get it then quickly switch off to try to like manually pick it and if i don't they probably just score that was that was always my strategy is and franchises draft the best cornerbacks and safeties so you don't have to worry about your secondary and then pick either a D end or an outside linebacker and try and get the sack. Yeah. But I was not good at Madden. So my strategy obviously didn't work. So if you're playing Madden, don't do that. I am doing that though. That's essentially my strategy. Was it working? Brian beat you. So obviously he did get like six fumbles though. Like Josh Allen was fumbling the ball. Madden luck. Yeah, so maybe we have our rematch coming up. We are trying to schedule it for maybe tomorrow. So was it at, were you home or away? I was away. That, that's why. Yeah, home Got field advantage coming up, baby. Yeah. So is, now is Madden, does the stadium have the pandemic rules in, in effect? So there's no fans in Madden. Uh, I actually haven't noticed. It might. We'll see because they're artificially pumping in the crowd noise. So I <laughs> Into Madden. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if there are fans in there or not. I haven't noticed. It's funny that you're talking about Madden because my article for the multi-strike this week was almost 
the it was between the article I picked and the fact that Madden simulated this year's Super Bowl and the Chiefs win by ten. Ooh, you know, maybe, maybe it's something we can put on the the article parries. Ooh, oh, get into that later, everybody. <laughs> Call that a tease in the biz. <laughs> yep. All right, and speaking of segues, Chris mentioned the multi strike. Let's get into it. Here the multi strike. Randy, what was uh, your article for today? So my article was on the PlayStation VR PSVR patent um, that just came out. So I don't know. Have you guys played PSVR before? I have never. No. Okay. Any virtual reality? Not, not recently. No, not in a long time. Chris? Well, actually, no. At the at oh. the con, we did yes. one of the con oh, yeah. together, where you're like standing on the ledge of a, like a skyscraper. And you oh. jump uh, I don't know if we should name his name, Johnny, but he uh, remember he was wearing the goggles and he refused to move, even though he's standing on a flat floor because it looked like he was on a like a plank off a skyscraper. I mean, it was pretty realistic, but it's it's funny. I've told many people that story. In that, as soon as I experienced that, I got off and said, and immediately thought, virtual reality is the future of everything. There's no going back because it was such a crazy experience. And it was like mind blowing how real it was. Yeah. So, in my article, they talk about this new patent where the spectators who are watching the person in the VR headset will be able to mess with the person in the headset. So when you read about it, it's essentially like, let's say me and Chris are on a couch and on the TV is what's playing in Pat's VR headset that he's wearing. And then we'll be able to use a controller or phones to like choose, oh, Pat's maybe killing zombies. What weapon should we give him? We can give him a sword, a gun, or a spatula. And then we give him a spatula because we think it's really funny. And then he has to beat the zombies with that. So there's more interaction there, which I haven't seen with VR yet. Usually it's just you're playing by yourself. I've also done the Oculus. One of our buddies, Baja, has it. And um, it was insane, like crazier than the PSVR. Um, so I think this would be awesome. I don't know if they'll actually make it someday, but it'd be really fun to include more people in the virtual reality that you're playing. Yeah, I mean, I think like they've kind of already, not, not experimented with this, specifically but like concepts like that like if we think of like the Soulsborne video game series where uh you know those games are known for just being incredibly difficult but uh you know once you die you can like leave notes for other players so there's kind of this like intertwined multiplayer aspect that's not like true multiplayer and this to me sounds very very similar to that where right you're not actively participating in the game with the person like directly but you are kind of influencing how they play whether it's right giving them guns or like maybe like trip their character somehow or something right like so it just kind of messes with them or, or, or adds a new challenge or something yeah i mean yeah exactly and just watching somebody with a vr headset moving around the room is funny as it is so being able to mess with them is just gonna make it even more fun so i'm excited for it chris any thoughts uh, I've, I've always wanted to really experience virtual reality and see where it's at right now. I still think the technology is, is a little bit new, so it's not necessarily where it is, but I could definitely see in like, I don't know, five to 10 years where it's the, it's the thing, you know, it, 
we've all read Ready Player One on this podcast. I think it's a it's a favorite book for us, something we all related to. And in that book, they have the the main character goes to school via virtual reality, and like it totally makes sense after experiencing it and you know working in education and then going through this virtual learning stuff during the pandemic. I could definitely see uh, like a virtual reality type basis for just like everyday life type of stuff, not just gaming. Once the technology gets um, bigger and better and it just becomes more accepted in everyday life. Yeah. I I think price point too is still kind of a big barrier. Mm -hmm. Even though it's come down, it's still, you know, you think of like the Oculus Rift, that is something where you need a pretty high-end gaming computer to be able to run it, and then the equipment itself is still pretty expensive. Like you're, you're talking, I think, at least $1,000 between, actually probably even a little more, because you still would need the computer, like maybe like 1500 to get the system and, and everything up and running. So, right, I mean, the, the price point still, I think, has to come down on quite a bit for it to be um, more widely accepted. Yeah, I tested the PSVR when it first came out. I found one of the best buys that had it as a demo. And I think the problem was kind of like what you're saying, Chris, um, the technology is awesome, but you're downgrading the graphics because it can't render it. Yep. Like, So now I'm used to maybe 1080p or 4K graphics almost at this point. And now when you're going to the PSVR, it's blurrier, but it gives yep. you that surrounding. So until they get it like equal, I think, It'll be, you know, it'll be tough to catch on. But I mean, I played the Marvel game on the Oculus and it was insane. Like playing as Spider-Man and flicking your wrists and feeling like you're going to the ceiling and swinging. It was, oh, it was one of the coolest awesome. things. Yeah, it was there. awesome. So, so yeah, that was my article. Cool. Um, I'll jump in next. My article, I mainly picked it just because the headline I thought was insane. <laughs> um, but so scientists have taught spinach to send emails when they detect landmines. No, I don't. I, pretty normal headline to me. I, yeah, it's, yeah, right. That's pretty normal. So yeah. basically, the gist of the article was they were, you know, using um, prog- they progressed in, in kind of nanotechnology and and basically bioengineered leafy vegetables, uh, spinach, and I think it even sounded like some other different vegetables as well. Um, you know, they kind of picked plants because they are already kind of natural chemical analysts with the way that they detect various things in the soil. Um, so when they detected uh, indicators, chemical indicators that could lead to, um, you know, thinking that there were explosives there, they would like, they would kind of emit a beam to an infrared detector, which would then automatically send an email to like whoever is, you know, keeping track of the spinach emails that there were you know that there could be explosives in this area it was just it's crazy crazy how they could um i don't know a how they thought to do this just in general i don't know if like i was trying to solve a landmine issue if i would think to use plants and spinach it's crazy but uh i don't want i mean just want to interrupt and, and bring up the point that you said there's a person monitoring the emails from spinach regarding landmines. <laughs> it's an amazing sentence. We got to have the spinach email watcher guy. who's just reading all these spinach emails. Oh, this spinach is talking about how it's healthy for me. Oh, this spinach says it's oh, super yeah. green. Oh, this spinach email says there's landmines quick. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, I'm also probably doing a very bad job of summing up this article. But no, I think you nailed no, it. But I, that's you know exactly what? right. I think the title pretty much spoke for itself, actually. Um, then the rest of the article, I got tricked because there was a video I thought of Christopher Walken talking about the spinach, but it was really just a completely not associated at all video about Christopher Walken has never sent a text, but I thought it was going to deal with the spinach to make it even crazier. Like Christopher Walken is, is all in on these spinach emails or something. Maybe is he the spinach email like guardian? He, he's the one reading all the spinach emails. Yeah, it could be. I wonder what that would sound like. Christopher Walken reading a spinach email. Hmm. It's uh, me reading some spinach to see if there are landmines on the spinach email listserv. <laughs> Sounds like Christopher Walken is on our podcast with us. Guest call this week. Christopher Walken's calling in. Calling in early. Oh my You're God. hitting the big times. Oh, I really like the spinach email I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been, was it, that was Captain Kirk doing email. Christopher Walken. The email was, was from a spinach plant. I don't know where the spinach plant is, but, you know, I'm getting emails with the spinach. Third time's a charm. There's Christopher that was, Walken that right was there. The best one. That was by far the best one. <laughs> He definitely practiced for this, I know. Uh, I picked the article and said, I'm going to do a Christopher Walken impression because I know Randy will bring it up. Uh, Randy's uh, going to bring up Christopher Walken. He does it all the time. I like it, but I feel like we need more spinach emails. Definitely, that's an improvement. Better. Okay. All right. The landmines are... No, I, I okay. You know what? No, that was probably a good time just to move on. Chris, what was your article today? My article is... <laughs> uh, I meant, I meant Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking to Christopher Walken, who is me still. <laughs> so my article is uh, this week, or just a couple days ago, Google shut down their in-house gaming development for their own platform of Google Stadia. So this is kind of... Don't know what it means for the cloud gaming future right now, but Google is going to outsource all of it game, all of its game um, services for Stadia. They're not going to develop any of their own games anymore, but they're going to just host studios who want to develop games and then they'll send them out via Stadia. So we're still kind of seeing how this falls out. It just happened a couple of days ago. Um, but it's, it's cloud gaming is definitely an up and coming technology and up and coming service. I and mean, it's here. There's lots of cloud gaming. All the big platforms have it. So it's just a, the, one of the article, other, an, a, another sister article I read was talking about how the business model is just getting figured out. So um, we'll save the rest of that discussion for the meat and potatoes later. Just Real quick, Chris, how do you feel about that being a Stadia owner? Does that make you well, nervous? or? Well, I own one game for Stadia. It's Cyberpunk 2077, oh. and I've, I've played that. So, And I got my Stadia for free because I pre-ordered that. So Google hadn't developed any games as far as I know. So I'm not really too concerned about it because it's, I don't know, it's not 
<laughs> Google's not like a gaming studio, but they are big on the technology portion on the back end. So um, let's talk a little bit more about that when we get to the taters. Sounds good. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, just one thing too, I think, like it, it's just funny that this comes up because there was just an article coming out about uh, the Amazon game studio too and just all the problems that are going on there. So, I mean, I, I wonder too, if there is just a relationship between some of these tech companies who aren't really, you know, into the kind of game creation market trying to burst into that and just really not doing it right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I know Amazon was having all sorts of troubles based on what the article said of, of management just really not knowing what they were doing because they weren't their management wasn't in a background in video games um again i'm not super familiar with the um you know i read the google article but i didn't recognize really any of the names of the guys so i don't know like what their background was in um as far as the google studios um so i don't know but you know there could be something to that if they just really didn't didn't totally foresee how difficult it would be to kind of start up a triple a gaming uh creator no other thoughts <laughs> sounds good well, I, I think we're waiting for the, for the meat we're going to cloud city gaming meat this and week potatoes. Yeah. for meat and potatoes it's their special we are we are going to go to cloud city gaming <laughs> so we can't get in too depth yeah. we got to boil them mash them and put them in the stew well before we do that though we have to hit the killing blow wham <laughs> that's right oh. castanets new this week we have an article from a listener. Ooh, and that's the killing blow. Wham! Got him. All right. So the article from uh, the killing for the killing blow this week is that Netflix uh, may be making a live action Zelda show. Awesome. Okay. Um, I'll follow up with that. Pat, you definitely read the title, but not the article. So it's actually that they're not going to make live action. So I did see that headline on a different article, which was what was going to be my next point. Was this article oh, sorry. who they did? And then uh, a very subsequent article saying, wait, no, that leak is not true. Um, yeah, the leak's not true. I've been following this story really in depth because I love Zelda and Netflix. Uh, so the gist of the article pretty much said, um, somebody ruined it for, I mean, it's pretty much blaming it on some guy saying, oh, Netflix leaked, they were going to do Zelda and now Nintendo doesn't want to do it because it was a leak. Um, which Knowing Nintendo, like the article said, they're very protective of their IP and they might not have, you know, wanted it to be leaked and they they just cut all ties with it, which they've been known to do for other things. I'm wondering what were you guys excited about a Zelda? I guess it quote Game of Thrones for children. Um, What did you think, Pat? Were you excited for it? I mean, I think I would be excited for it insofar that it's Zelda and I, again, I, Zelda's a really cool franchise. I'm not like a huge Zelda fan, but I've always enjoyed the games and whatnot. So I, I would like totally watch the show. Um, but yeah, when I hear like Game of Thrones for kids, I don't know. What does that even really mean? Like, do they, are they just looking at maybe the fantasy aspect? It's just a fantasy, you know, with like swords for kids. Who knows? 
I think so many shows are compared to Game of Thrones nowadays <laughs> just because they have like one thing in common. Oh, there's a dragon in this show. It's like Game of Thrones. Oh, there's lots of blood in this show. It's like Game of Thrones. Oh, there's it's on HBO. It's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that. Like, right. Does that person even really know what they're talking about as far as Game of Thrones? Or are they just kind of throwing that out there because, right, it's a fantasy show that is now being compared to like this other fantasy show. Oh, they're both fantasy shows are going to be alike. So it's like Game of Thrones. And I don't, you know, obviously it's very different. Yeah. Cause Game of Thrones for kids would take out like all the killing and the nudity and the swears. And it would just be a bunch of people arguing about political things. And I'm not sure kids would really enjoy that either. So <laughs> they did I that already. It's called the Clone Wars. What? <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> I'm working on that one actually. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was going to happen. I'm more excited if it was a Zelda game, but I probably would have watched the show too. And they also mentioned, and I think, I think you guys watched the show Castlevania on Netflix. I, I watched one episode, but they said some of these video game shows on Netflix are actually doing pretty well. Yeah. The, I mean, Netflix has shown that they can, uh, they can accurately adapt some video game shows, you know, make turn the video game adaptation into a really good show. Um, I watched all the both seasons of the Castlevania uh, series that are out. It's very, very good. I didn't play a ton of Castlevania um, on consoles, but the show is awesome. The show is really cool, and it has actually gotten me interested in playing the game. Pat, you mentioned that Netflix is really good at adapting video games to the screen. So are you telling me that Netflix was really behind the Super Mario Brothers movie and the Street Fighter movie? Uh, Street Fighter, Yes. Uh, because it's better, uh, Mario. No, <laughs> the, the Super Mario movie or the Super Mario TV show with Lou Albino. So they actually do. They do have the Super Mario TV show on Netflix. <laughs> I, I did show that to my kids one time, and even I was like, "What are we watching?" Guys, I gotta say, I could talk. I could do a whole episode on the the movie and another whole episode on the TV show. But I would, if you really needed me to, I'd squeeze them both into one episode. But I used to love. I loved the movie, which is crazy now that I look back on it and the show. Doesn't the movie establish that their names are Mario, Mario, and Luigi? <laughs> yes, it does. Is it Luigi Mario or is it Luigi Luigi? It's Luigi Mario. Luigi Mario. Yeah. So there. So it, it's canon, man. It's canon. That is. Well, it's. I don't know if that movie's canon, I, but you're right. If that movie was canon, it would be canon. That movie needs to be put in a canon. <laughs> <laughs> but bomb come on that's like one of my favorite scenes in any movie i loved all right don't get me started i'm sorry guys i love that some movie. days you just can't get rid of a bomb <laughs> but, i mean I, I do think the aspect of like like nintendo just canceling the show because it potentially got leaked is it's very on brand for nintendo mm-hmm. and just they're probably treading water after that super mario brothers movie <laughs> That is, that is true. They could be very gun-shy to make a live <laughs> adaptation of anything. Do you think they'd CGI Dennis Hopper back as King Koopa again? Or would they actually try to make him look like Bowser? <laughs> Not like a they were, human. They were casting him as Ganondorf. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> He's just going to play every Nintendo bad guy from here on out. <laughs> but always as a human version. Yeah, of yeah, they bought the rights to Dennis Hopper as a human. They'll just CGI him in. 
So he would be Ganondorf. He'd be Bowser. Who else would he be? Who's the bad guy in Kirby? Waluigi. Waluigi. Slime. Yep. Uh, who's the bad guy in Donkey Kong? Like King Cruel? Yeah, yeah. King King Cruel. K Cruel. Mm-hmm. King K Rule. So he and they they he'd be the alligator. They just like have Dennis Hopper's head bouncing around as a Goomba. <laughs> Remember the Goombas? That's probably the most disappointing part of the Mario movie. The Goombas were just so bad. They, I don't, I don't really remember a lot, a lot about the Mario movie. I think I blocked it out. Didn't the Goombas have like weird heads? They had the small heads. The, the huge guy. <laughs> yeah. Tiny heads. It was like the a, exact opposite of what they're supposed to be. Yeah. But they were like, and they were like little lizard heads. They weren't like mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Uh, it was it, bad. It was something. It was a movie. Yep, exists. Of all the movies that have ever been made, that is certainly one of them. That is one of them. <laughs> all right. Well, I think I think that wraps it up for the kill and blow. So we can move on to everyone's favorite segment. Has Pat watched Tenant? Have you watched Tenant? Yes. What? Wait. Pat. I. Pat, you're talking over. We're, stop talking over me. Let me ask the question. We should probably just move on to the meat and potatoes. Yeah. Let's, all right, let's go. Pat, this is everyone's favorite segment. You can't watch Tenant. We talked about this. Off. <laughs> you actually did watch as it. As soon as he was told he couldn't watch Tenant. That's right. I got to keep everybody guessing. You I were raised on reverse psychology. I have watched Tenant. Cast the net. What? Tenant. It happened. So uh, everyone must be ready. Because next week comes Castanet. <laughs> Wait, we're releasing another new podcast? No, it's just the name of the episode. Oh, just the name of the episode. <laughs> now I gotta go great... back and rewatch Tenant because I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna. I'll also rewatch Tenant, but I do love the name of that episode. Whoever came up with that, uh, I did. Okay, it's great. Cast I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take this up. Yeah, yeah. Pat, give the listeners a little preview. Give the cast notes a preview. What are your initial thoughts on Tenant? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, thumbs up. I like it. I enjoyed it. Confusing. I actually so yes and no. I overall I didn't think it was that confusing, but there were parts specifically. Oh, look at Mr. Big Brain. Oh, wait. sorry, that was judgy. I'm sorry. Probably, I take that back. No judgment. Probably went to college. This guy. <laughs> the parts though where he goes. Like where it's he's quickly going inverted and then reverts back. Those parts are the parts where I it was very hard to follow like what was going on and what was happening. Mm. I remember him going back really quick. It it was uh, I'm trying to remember which part. So so like when he's going inverted and he's like who, who is he? The protagonist. <laughs> what's his name though? <laughs> yes. The protagonist. The, well, what's the character's name? He oh, he really, Chris, I am the protagonist. He really did watch it. But then he says at one point, I'm the antagonist now. Oh, he never says that. Yes, he does. All right. We're, we're, we're talking about <laughs> the next one. Save it for Castanet. Save it for Castanet. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so parts were... Wait, this is also something I realized this week. It's Tenet, not Tenant. I've been saying it wrong. Tenet. Tenet. Tenant. You, you know no, not tenant. It's tenant. Do you know the significance of tenant? Yeah, that's the name of the bomb. The bomb? No, it's not the name of the bomb. <laughs> bomb in the oh. Mario movie. <laughs> new, <laughs> new segment. Has Chris watched tenant? 
<laughs> wait a minute. You're telling me Tenant isn't the same movie as the Super Mario movie? <laughs> There's different movies? Uh, actually, no, they are. They are pretty similar. The protagonist, Mario Mario and Luigi. <laughs> well, Mario Mario, because you could say it either way. Well, see what or they forwards. do. They send the, the big body lizard head Goombas back in time backwards where they get big heads, little body Goombas. And that's why we have a video game. Yeah. It all makes sense now. The turnstile is a green pipe. You didn't notice the connection? <laughs> all right, all right. Let's, let's move on. It's time to dive into the meat and potatoes. All right. The meat and potatoes for this week's episode. We kind of talked about it earlier. Cloud gaming, streaming gaming. Is it the future? What's going on? What's happening? Guys, what are you, first of all, like, what, what are some thoughts? What do you think about uh, the prospect of being able to stream video games and whatnot? Uh, Chris, what do you think? I'm in. I think it's been well established on this podcast. As someone who is a Google Stadia owner, I, have also, I also have early access to Amazon Luna. Uh, I'm all in for cloud gaming. Um, I think now, especially that cell phones have gotten better and with 5g getting big and the internet's quality and services being able to provide better and better speeds um you know i think definitely cloud gaming's up my alley i i have the controllers with the little latch hookup where you can stick your phone right onto the controller and, and you know i'll play in bed for a little while before i fall asleep sometimes it's just for me, I, I don't have a lifestyle where I can sit and carve out an hour and a half to two hours to sit in front of a console with a TV to play games. So the cloud gaming, being able to have access to it anywhere on any device is definitely a plus for me. Nice. Randy, what do you think? Um, so I, you know, I never really thought much about it uh, till more recently. And I think for me, it's more about, is it worth paying a subscription um, for essentially a ton of games uh, each year, or is it worth just buying the game outright? Um, and so that's kind of where my thoughts are going on this. So I'm not really sure if I would be into it or not. I mean, anything with more video games is awesome. So I'm definitely into it. I don't know if I'd actually subscribe to it or not. Yeah. Likewise for me, like, uh, so I've had a PlayStation for a long time. PlayStation 4 has the PS Now service, which is a, a game, you know, a streaming gaming service. And I've like looked at it here and there, but never really um, dove into it. I, I don't know if it, for me and my lifestyle right now, if it would be cost effective, just because I don't know if I could, would be able to play enough to like justify the amount of money I'd pay, be paying monthly to do it. It's really like kind of the biggest thing for me personally. Um, but then the other thing too is just, like proof of concept, I think kind of, um, I think now we are finally getting to see uh, with, a, you know, 5G and advances in, in internet speeds and stuff that it, that it's probably a little bit more viable. Mm. Uh, but at the time when I was kind of exploring, looking at it and whatnot, like it, it was also just like, will the game like kind of hold up enough and I'll be able to, will I be able to play seamlessly enough, you know, not getting like lag stutters and things like that where the connect, you know, the bandwidth is running out or whatever. I had that issue when I first got Stadia um, and Luna. I got them both at, at Christmas time. 
And when I was, you know, setting them both up, kind of fiddling with it and learning what they were, what, how they worked and stuff, I had a lot of issues with um, dropping my Wi-Fi signal. Uh, and I looked at my Wi-Fi service and I was running 20 to 30 megabytes per second, which is not nearly enough. And then I, you know, called my company, got things straightened out because I was supposed to be getting uh, at least a hundred megabytes per second. So now I'm getting, um, you know, 150 to 200 plus 150 to 250, and I haven't had an issue with dropping it. So I think you definitely need over 100. But some of the other articles I read is that the latency is the key too, because you want your, um, you want your, you know, your your button presses, your inputs to get to the servers you know, at a quick enough speed. So latency is actually more important, but latency doesn't, you, if you have a good 100 plus uh, internet speed, your latency shouldn't really be that much of an issue either. Nice. Yeah, awesome. Um, I think too, it's interesting, like there are, there's already a lot of stuff out there. Again, we, we already mentioned PlayStation Now, um, Xbox has theirs. Do, do you know how much PlayStation Now costs? Yes, I looked it up right before this, um, but I forgot. But I do know the year, <laughs> the, the year subscription. <laughs> the year subscription is ninety nine dollars. You could do that's not bad. A month, three months, six months, maybe, or a month, six months, a year. This is no. probably like ten to 15, twelve bucks to fifteen bucks a month, which yeah. is running around what a regular. Netflix or Disney plus is gonna is about that well and that yeah and that's what I was thinking is for a hundred bucks a year less than ten bucks a month I mean that's, that's two games that's, two games you're gonna buy right yeah. that's way cheaper than what I spend on like one game I just I'm curious now what is PS now what the games are it says it has a ton of them on there and that's so that's the thing though is a lot of the game it's not like the big release games like they're you know they'll get they will get some bigger releases that are maybe five or six years old or, or last gen like that sort of stuff so it's it's not necessarily the marquee games right away um but again though that that could be something that could change if cloud you know cloud gaming or, or streaming gaming in general kind of takes off right like they kind of already had playstation at least already has an infrastructure there to then just start maybe rolling into some bigger releases right into that service um, and, and likewise with Xbox, Xbox has, uh, I believe their streaming, their game streaming services in beta right now, but uh, they have, you know, same thing. They kind of tie it to their Xbox Game Pass. Um, it's like another, it's like the next tier up. I think it's like Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which includes um, the cloud gaming portion. And again, being part of Microsoft, you know, you can lump that into window, you know, it's lumped into Windows, Xbox, a lot of their, their infrastructure already, which is, which gives them a little bit of a benefit too, you know. So Pat, you have the switch, right? So do they, so I know you can do the old Nintendo, Super Nintendo N64 games. Is that kind of cloud? Do you stream those games or do you download them? I, you know, I'm not totally sure how that, how it works. I, so I, I have that. I've done that. Oh, and do it's, that's a subscription. That's like five bucks a month and you get access to the, um, whatever the NES super NES back catalog is at that mm -hmm. time. And they're like porting a couple games in every month. But it's also a standalone app, which makes me think yes. that it's not actually streaming it, that it's probably emulation. That's like loaded. I, th I think you're right. I think it is more of an emulation and those games are small enough where you could probably download them to the system pretty mm -hmm. quickly without 
you know, seen a lot of, of lag. So you probably, those are small enough where you don't have to stream them. Right. I think that's, that might be a thing where cloud gaming can go is you end up downloading a portion of the game to the system that you're on. So you have a, a quicker access to it and you're not streaming everything. Yeah. On the P- I'm on the PS Now website real quick. Pulled it up. Um, bit big. The four games at the top right now are Horizon Zero Dawn, Darksiders Three, The Surge Two, and Wreckfest. So, so Horizon Zero Dawn, big. That was a big release for them, mm-hmm. and that, that's a PlayStation Studio. One of the best video games ever, in my opinion. Same, agreed. Uh, and the other three are kind of like Darksiders Three. The Darksiders series is pretty good. The third one. I didn't play it. Uh, I, fl- I played the first two. Uh, I never got around to the third one. Like, it, I don't know, at that point, I, the series had kind of run its course. I don't know if that game's that great. And the other two, I feel like kind of similar. Like, the, those are kind of like a ne- another tier or two down from Horizon Zero Dawn. So, so fact, with PlayStation, the interesting thing is the PS Plus is also a subscription service for a year. So it's really mm-hmm. cheap. It's you can usually get it for if you find a deal 30 something is what i usually get it for i think it runs like 50 or 60 yeah. for a year yeah. 50, 50 plus a year and you yeah and i don't what were you gonna say pat i was gonna say yeah i think the retail like normal retail price is like 49.99 or 59.99 for the whole year but you can always like i feel like once a month some places running it's a big black black friday every year mm-hmm. they have the renew by a year for like 40 bucks so that's the time to get it and like yeah. you said, Randy, I've seen it as low as like thirty. Like I've seen you know deals go down to like you know thirty ninety nine or thirty two ninety nine. So you can usually get it for much cheaper and for a whole year. Like yeah, it's a great deal. Yeah, if I in the next uh, episode, I'll find I got it off some weird site that like sells all these discount things. You guys might have heard of it. I just can't remember the name. So I'll find it for the next week to plug it. Um, but I was gonna say is that gives you three games essentially a month for free. Um, but you download them, but it's the same kind of thing like subscription. And I play almost all of those games because they're just free. And I'm like, Hey, I'll give them a shot. Yeah. They usually do have decent games too. So I'm wondering, you know, I, I, that's where I guess my head goes is not worried as much about the technology and if you can do it there. Cause I'm guessing as soon, once they come out, come out and becomes popular, if it does, the technology will be there, but is it worth doing the subscription base, which I mean, it's pretty cool. Like, what's the other one? Gamefly, where they send to the games in the mail? Like, that's kind of a, you know, it's like old school Netflix kind of a pain. But, you know, with the subscription, I actually, now that we're talking about it, I think I could totally get into this. Well, I did, you know, before I had kids and like when, while I was in grad school, I did Gamefly for, I think, about a year or two. And it was, it was totally worth the money. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I would, you know, because you could keep a game for as long as you want to. So like I, I, I would rip through, uh, and again, the, the one difficult part was you would never, you were never able to get like brand new games. So you had to like, you would get the games that were like four or five, six months old that maybe you just missed out on. But so it was games that like, I probably would have never bought, um, but then still got a chance to like go around and play. And so, so it was cool. And, and right. Like as long, you know, I think I did the math one time and it was like, as long as I played, um, you know, got a new game every like two or three months, then I was, I was uh, making my money back and more, which, you know, great. So yeah, the Gamefly was a good deal. Yeah. And, and then that makes me think, and look at PlayStation now, how they came out with the non-disc console version. So that's clearly, mm. 
aimed more towards streaming because you're not going to be able streaming to and digital downloading. Yeah. yeah. And digital downloading and you're not going to be able to film on there. Go ahead, Pat. Xbox has a comparable. Mm-hmm. That too, so same, you know, same kind but, of. Now, did X, Xbox link their Xbox Live with their Xbox Gold Pass now, or, or they're not linked yet either? Because that that was one of the 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 comments I read about PlayStation is that you have the PS Plus and the PS Now, but they're not linked. So you're you have to not only do you have to buy the online service for PlayStation, you then have to subscribe to the PS Now. From what I read, they did link. So it's linked at a certain tier. So, and it's, it's the Xbox Game Pass like ultimate. And okay. that, I think that's the most expensive one, but it's you get access to Xbox Live. I don't even know if they, I don't think they do Xbox like Live anymore. I think it's all, it's game, it's like they just kind of rebranded it to Game Pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but so you get like the, the multiplayer Xbox stuff. And then on top of that, you get access to the cloud stream. Um, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, it'd be cool too, like with the Nintendo thing, if they put on old games too and let you, you know, stream like some of those smaller ones, like you guys are talking about. Some stuff that we were talking about with some of my other buddies is where Dreamcast came up at one point mm-hmm. and Power Stone. Like, I don't even know that was that was one of my favorite games. I don't know if you guys ever played it, but I have no idea how to play it now. There's no way. Oh, you guys are shaking your head. No, it was it was like a multi four person like kind of battle game. Like almost like awesome. like Smash Brothers style, but it was so much fun. Uh, but I don't know how to play that. So if they if somebody was able to get those on, and I know you can go on and emulate them and download all that with probably Raspberry Pi, but this would just make it like a lot easier to just stream old games. Yep. All right, let's let's talk a little bit more too about uh, Stadia. I know that you know that was something we kind of started touching on. We didn't dive too deep into it, um, but that was I think. For a lot of people who may be familiar with just like, you know, video game streaming, that's probably a, a name that jumps out at them because that was kind of the forefront of um, game streaming was when Google announced that they were going to launch the Stadia. I know, Chris, you have it. Like, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? And what- well, I think I think the first first thing I think the Google Stadia, the NVIDIA GeoForce and the Amazon Luna are now the two big, the three big up and coming yeah, you have the Xbox and the PlayStation. They're pretty well established, but there are also the console names, whereas Stadia, GeoForce, and Luna are pure cloud gaming services. So I think these are the the big up-and-coming services. Um, in, in Stadia, being the first, they kind of, you know, blazed the trail, and there was some issues with it at launch. Um I, was, I looked at being a, a pre-purchasing for it and, and like being a, you know, getting it right when it came out, but I'm glad I didn't because there was a lot of issues with it. The controller was shoddy. Um, the services in general was, wasn't that great coming from Google's end. It didn't really matter what your uh, internet speeds were. And then the gaming choice at the beginning was, was not, not great at all. A lot of people, those first four to six months were saying Stadia will be dead in a year. Um, I don't think it's necessarily going to die, but like I said earlier, I think Google has to figure out their business model. I think the smart thing for Google to do would be just to uh, be the the platform for it, be the, the cloud gaming. They run the servers, they run the, com, you know, the, the computing side of it and let the people who know how to make video games, make video games and just, 
work out uh, a business deal with them, whether they get a cut of sales or they get a cut of a subscription service or however they want to, to make their business. But um, I think it, it's definitely going to be just, it just has to be figured out, but I don't think it's dying by any means. It's, it's in kind of a flux right now. And I think that, that Chris, that's a good point with the closure of their, uh, you know, kind of in person or not in person, but their first party game studio. Mm -hmm. you know, that now they're going to rely on third party people to make the games. It would make sense from a business standpoint, right? Just to say, hey, we can provide kind of the infrastructure for your streaming mm -hmm. and you can use it to make even make your own streaming platform. Uh, you know, almost similar how someone, you know, like Unreal well, as the Unreal game engine and they, yeah. they lease it out to other people to, you know, make whatever video game. Amazon Luna already has a contract with Ubisoft. Well, they will host all the Ubisoft games on their Luna. So Luna is a subscription. So one of the big differences right now is Google Stadia. You have to purchase games and games are purchased at retail price. I pre-ordered Cyberpunk 2077 for, was it 50 bucks? And got I got the free Stadia controller and Chromecast with it, um, which to me made the deal worthwhile. But if I want to play any other game on Google Stadia, I have to pay retail price, 50, 60 bucks for that game. I think that is not the business model that will see cloud gaming uh, succeed. Amazon Luna, even though it's in early access right now, it's subscription-based. So right now it's $5 or 5 or 6 bucks a month. Um, supposedly that price is going to raise once it's out of early access out of beta uh, but they also have another tier level where you get the amazon luna catalog and the, all the ubisoft catalogs and that's like 14 or 15.99 a month so i can see that being um kind of a, a business model where cloud gaming succeeds where you have different companies that you're contracted with and you have like a tiered level of you know whether it's gold, silver, bronze, you know, platinum, however, A, B, C, D, whatever tier you want it to be, and you get access to different games at that point. Um, and the other piece with Amazon Luna, I think one of the, the big pieces about that is Amazon still does have their gaming studio and New World is, I believe, their big MMORPG that's launching. And so I think if that's a good game, then I'll think Amazon Luna will take off. If they start pulling in World of Warcraft type numbers, that's that's going to be here to stay. Based on their track record, though, I mean they've had they've had Crucible, which was just a huge crack. They had they had another game before that that I think lasted somehow even less. We we call those learning experiences, yeah, Pat. Okay. You learn from your mistakes and failures, and then you create the next World of Warcraft, oh, yeah. a new world. Which I've tried to find out some details on the game, and all it says is you're exploring a new world, and you can be anything you want, from yeah. conquistadors to astronauts to anything. Whatever. It, it, yeah, I, I'm not holding out too much hope for New World. I, I don't know if that game is going to be great. Um, but I also, too, I wanted to jump back with the Stadia. I, I thought they did have a streaming, like, op or a, a subscription option where... Yes, you're right. They do have... Well, they have the Stadia Pro, but that's more like the PS Plus, where it's okay. you get access to the free games for that month, and you can download them to catalog, and then you have huge discounts on the rest of your games. So... Like a $60 game will be like 
and they're good discounts. It's like 50% sometimes, like 60 bucks for a game. You would pay 30. Um, in the free games, you don't, it's not like PlayStation Plus where you get three or four games a month. You get like a dozen to 20 games from what I could see. Um, and you, I, from what I can read, I'm not a, uh, a Stadia Pro member, but from what I read, once you download the free version of a game on Stadia Pro, it's yours free as long as you're still a Stadia Pro member. Because a lot of the games will drop in and out of Stadia Pro. So um, if you're going to stick with cloud gaming and stick, if I was going to, you know, if I played more Stadia, I would consider upgrading sure. to Stadia Pro, but I don't really play it enough right now to make it worthwhile. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it sounds like it's not just what you were saying. It's not a true subscription service the way maybe Amazon Moon is going to shape itself up to be, but mm-hmm. there's that component of it similar to like an Xbox Game Pass or a PlayStation yes. Plus. And I think that's what they're figuring out is what is the best business model. Is it worth it to have a subscription where you're getting 15, 20 bucks a month guaranteed and you're just throwing games at people, whatever they want, or is it worth it where you, you know, you have to purchase a game and you don't get as much of a subscription if any subscription, you know, that's, money people got to figure out what's what's going to work best to really get cloud gaming off the ground sure yeah and then and chris you mentioned it too the uh you know just with some of the other options out there you know we've talked about we're going to talk about stadia one of the other ones is the uh nvidia geforce um and geforce now and so that one too it seems like one that is um you know, is kind of like a sneaky dark horse in this competition because Google and Amazon are such big names mm-hmm. for companies. That, you know, and I know NVIDIA has that track uh, of, you know, making graphics cards and whatnot, but that's not, I don't think necessarily a company you would think of for, for this. Um, but they have a couple interesting things going on with their, so they have a virtual desktop. Uh, so it's kind of just basically creating a, a virtual computer where you can download your you know, your games that you have on your computer, you can move to this. Uh, so then you can kind of stream them on other devices, but then they also have their GeForce Now, which is kind of a more similar, it sounds like to an Amazon Luna, where you are, um, you know, you're just playing your stream games, you're paying a subscription service to, to play those games. And then also too, still being able to play any of the other games that you have downloaded or bought and put on your computer. Um, again, it's, I think the, the one flip side of that for someone like me, is like, I'm not a huge PC gamer. I, I tend to stick more to consoles. So that's just not one that would, you know, I just don't have a lot of the PC games or things that would mm-hmm. appeal to me from like a consumer standpoint. But I mean, it seems like it could be a good option. But I think that's a, the one of the beauties about cloud gaming is you don't need a console. So imagine if you, you, I mean, you have a smart TV. Imagine if you could just download an app to your TV of geoforce now it's on your tv so you just have to pick up a controller and play it it's it's you know you don't have to put the disc in you don't have to worry about installing and updating and stuff like that that's one of the 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 bright parts of cloud gaming is that you can play it on anywhere so you could play uh cyberpunk on your computer and then you know you you're going somewhere and so you boot it up on your phone somehow, and then you get to where you're going and they have whatever the service is. So you sign in and then you play it on their 70 inch TV at your buddy's house and show them your, your guy and how to beat the boss or whatever, you know, beat the 
and beating a boss. You got it. Yeah, if it's video games, you battle bosses, right? I get it. So I, I, that's one of the other pieces. Uh, and I think the big piece with um, is the accessibility. And now that Apple has laxed their, um, their user rights for streaming games and cloud gaming, uh, you can, like, I can play Amazon Luna on my iPhone now. I can, I can launch a Google Stadia on my iPhone now, whereas before Apple had locked everything down. So I think you're going to start seeing a lot, um, a lot more people having access to cloud gaming services. And I think that is one of the key points. Yes, they, they need to get the, the AAA, you know, huge uh, moneymaker games too, to get the hardcore gamers in. But you're going to make a ton of money if you can get some good mobile games. You know, think about how much money Candy Crush rakes in every month. Think about Angry Birds, how huge that was when it was in its prime. If you can get a couple big titles like that on Stadia and Luna that people can play on their phone, then that's going to be, you know, there's a lot of money and support in that type of, of model too. Mobile gaming is a huge too. It's, you know, people are moving away from consoles. Well, by people, I mean me, and it might be just me because I'm getting old. Well, actually, but- you're, it's not just you, Chris. So actually, I because I was reading and, and trying to do some research for this topic, I was reading a couple articles, and and then one of them talked about kind of the uh, where where kind of more biz, from the business side, seeing where profits were going to go for this, and so it's projected that in 2021, uh, mobile or uh, cloud streaming gaming is going to surpass like a billion dollars in profit mm-hmm. this time. Uh, but a lot of that's in the mobile sector, just because yeah. mobile gaming is the most is the most popular form of gaming now. It's not consoles, it's not PC. It, and it, and yeah. the pizza is because everyone's got a smartphone, so everyone can play. You think about twenty years ago, if everyone had a Game Boy, everyone would be playing Game Boy, and Nintendo would rule the world. You know, that's it's it's just so much more accessible now. So, um, yep, yep, I lost my thought. Yeah. Sorry. We all had we all had TI eighty fours back in the day, and we were playing. Yeah. I had an eighty six, um, but yeah, or eighty six. We were playing Snood, and but you're right. Every kid. In what the- was the? Did you guys have the game, the text adventure game, where you would? Drug wars. I had drug wars. It was awesome. <laughs> I didn't have drug wars. Now I want to play drug wars. <laughs> it was a text adventure game. I uh, so what the only experience I really have with that is PS remote play, which you're right, Chris, it's awesome because, and I've only been able to play on my phone, but I want to be able to connect one of my um, controllers up to it Bluetooth wise. Cause then, I mean, you're playing on a small screen, but mm-hmm. honestly, who cares? Because you're playing, you know, wherever you want to play. So I think you're right. It's, it, it will, there is a time where this is going to become huge and you're able to stream games and play it. Yeah, and I think, and again, like going back to some of the business projections with profits and whatnot, I mean, I think one of the big factors, right, is the rise of 5G. I mean, that's going to eliminate one of the biggest barriers to streaming streaming games, which was the, the you know, the spotty internet and the lack of connection, especially for people kind of in more rural areas or things like that, where, where you know, it's just not, not a uh, reliable uh, service. I do have to say one of the the arguments against cloud gaming that I've heard is that you don't actually own, excuse me, own the games. You're, you know, you're renting or you're, you're borrowing the rights to play the game. 
And I think that's a crock. I, I think that's the, the worst argument. Uh, uh, think about your, your gaming, you know, collection at home. Are you really concerned about your old PS3 games that you have that are sitting on your shelf? Do you really want to go back and play them? You know, think about the way games are currently made now, but they just shut the servers off on one of those, uh, the Lord of the Ring games. And, um, you know, so now you can't play it anymore. They're not updating it. That's what's the difference between them shutting the server down and then, you know, just turning that into a, a brick game. You know, it's, it, I think that's when you look at the, the life cycle of a video game, the fact that you don't own the game doesn't matter anymore. Cause even today with modern games, it's all internet connected. You have to be online to play a vast majority of games. So as soon as the company decides they're not going to support it and they're going to cut the servers, the game's dead anyways. Yeah. I think it's more of like, that's more of just like a mental hurdle for like individuals. Like I, I, cause I went through that same thing when I transitioned from buying like DVDs and Blu-rays to like just, like mm-hmm. purely buying digital movies and it's like it, it was the concept of like well at least i have this thing like i, I just paid yes. my money and i got a thing whereas it's like if i pay my money i can still like watch the movie whenever i want but i don't have anything for it but and so it, it was it just took a little while to like mentally move past that but it is like what's better because now i just want a bunch of dvds and Blu-ray. think about your dvd shelf that just since that you never watched 80% of the DVDs you own. Well, oh, I took all of those and I digitized them. So now they are absolutely worthless. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is, it's just like this mental hurdle that you have to get over. Um, and I think just, it, it takes time and it takes people just kind of adapting to the technology or to the You got to turn into a digital lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and, but I think though too, it is important to talk about some of those downsides um, that, you know, like you said, Chris, with the, lack of ownership one internet connection i mean that's always probably going to be the biggest downside right is if you don't have a good internet connection like this is just i think that's a legitimate downside because i think that you know there's parts of the the country if you live in you know more of a rural area or if you have a, a area that doesn't have like a good satellite connection that's how you get your internet that satellite can't get those speeds you're not going to be able to to access this cloud game and you're not going to have a strong enough connection or signal so I think that that is a, more of a legitimate concern than not owning physical copies of the games. Or, or even too, I mean, I think it goes into, you start to dive into other things with like internet service providers and, and you know, free internet, that sort of stuff where like, it, do, will they start throttling your internet? So that's just like, another yeah. Thing yep. to, you know, that you have to well, what Zuckerberg needs to launch those blimps that he's going to encircle the earth with. Mm-hmm. So everyone has as much internet as they can drink. I thought it was uh, I thought it was Elon with the satellites. The what? Satellites. Well, it's like satellite blimps. Blimp lights. Blimp lights. Satellite satellite blimps. Satellite blimps. I like satellite blimps better. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I think yeah. that was my band's name in high school. Satellite blimps. <laughs> Come see the satellite blimps, yeah, man. <laughs> that's what the band sounded like. Was right? that in college? Was that Sat's full name that we went to college with? <laughs> Satya Mangalpati Blimp. We called him Satya Blimp. I I just I don't see. I'm not too worried about the internet speeds because now that lettuce is getting internet, so they can send emails. (laughs) I feel like 
Oh, spinach. spinach. Or yep. any leafy vegetable. It's fine. I, yeah, sorry. I get <laughs> I get spinach and lettuce confused. So do you think obviously. would <laughs> seeing as how kale is you know the darker the darkest of the leafy greens would they get better internet signal than than like iceberg lettuce? Obviously. I would I would assume so, right? Because the photosynthesis works a little bit better there. I don't know. With chlorophyll and their heat. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Um, but another thing too that that kind of brings us back to to last week, um, you know, with mobile the mobile gaming market being the the biggest market, um, and with you know if, with the potential proliferation of um, streaming gaming. You know, will we see even more kind of like predatory gotcha games and, and other just weird ways to monetize it? Um, you know, that's not going to be great. <laughs> that's yeah, just, that's just gonna be real bad. That, that's like a feels bad, man. It, it's not good. Hmm. All right. Any any last thoughts on to wrap it up? I do have to say the um, the Google Stadia controller is pretty nice. I like it. It's got a nice feel, quality buttons. You know, you get that button mashing feedback and you connect that to your phone bluetooth yes that's awesome yeah cool good all right stadia good good controller that's good to know i think i'm convinced i'm i'm on board with you can there there are some games that do support playstation controllers too i have fiddled with that to try and i have gotten my playstation controller connected to my phone but I haven't been able to play a game with a PlayStation controller yet. Yeah, so, it's, the it was on the PlayStation side. They had to like release an update for the hmm. for their their like firmware uh, to enable Bluetooth connection to like computers and phones and stuff. And they did that like uh, I want to say about a year ago, maybe a little less. Um, so yeah, so any PlayStation controller from PS4 or PS5 should be able to connect. So I've gotten it connected to my phone, but I can't, I don't know if I have to like change the settings in the game to read the PlayStation controller. Uh, I actually just tried one game and gave up after five seconds. So it probably depends on the game. Try I think most of the Apple arcade games. If you Listen, Apple. I really tried five seconds. Yeah. I pushed like- three buttons and nothing happened. And then I gave up, but I, tr- I really pushed those three buttons, Pat. <laughs> Once each. <laughs> <laughs> Once each, well, twice each because you I mash. Okay, <laughs> multi strike. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So basically, I think uh, to sum it all up, cloud gaming, streaming gaming, kind of, kind of is. It's the wave of the future. Wave. Wave of the future. <laughs> wait, wait. I, so I shouldn't say it's like wave of the future. No, no. It's wave of the future. Got it. It's the wave of the future. It's slow. Mm, a little, a little, a little more on the spooky side than the future. <laughs> wave of the future. Leave it on a high note. Lots of hope. Wave of the future. No, that's terrible. It's the that... wave of the future. Yes, nailed it. Walking. 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 That was future that, walking. That was me being spinach doing an impression of walking. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought it was walking 2099 coming from the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So let's see. What? Wait. Is anyone getting a phone call right now? Anyone? Hello? Hello? What does it have in its nasty little pockets? Is this Gollum? And if it loses, what then? 
Well, if it loses precious, then we eat it. If Baggins loses, we eat it whole. Whoa, what do we eat? Gollum. You're calling them? Baggins. This is amazing. What does a Baggins? But who, but what was Baggins's? Lost, lost. My own, my love, my own, my, my own. Your, your ramp, Gollum. What's up, man? I didn't know you were casting that. I found it, I did, through the marshes. Orcs don't use it. Orcs don't know it. Yeah, orcs generally don't know how to use podcasts. Wraiths! Wraiths on wings! They're Whoa. calling for it. They're calling for it. Who calling for what? It. Oh, what? my precious. Yes. Oh, are we talking, you're still on that ring. Give it to me. No, you give it to me. Now, my precious, don't let it go. Gollum, spoiler alert, it's in Mount Doom. Yeah, I think they already destroyed it, man. Yeah. I think anybody has it. Yeah. Mount Doom, have you talked to Aragorn, son of Arathorn? Yeah, he was on last week. He talked, he didn't really have nice things to say about you. Oh, he is not my precious. No. Um, I mean, he, he seemed a little burnt out with the whole uh, yeah. ruling thing. What has it got in its nest in little pockets? Me? I have like some lint. Curse us! Splash us! My precious is lost! Yeah, I mean, we don't need to keep talking about the ring. Yeah, Gollum, I think... The thieves! The filthy little thieves! Where is it? Uh, Gollum, Gollum. Um, we're trying to make a program here. No one, no one cares about your your precious. Master says to show him the way to Mordor. So Gunschmigel Go- does. Gollum. Yes. Gollum. Oh, sorry. Gollum. Sorry. Talking about my precious. Gollum. Oh, yes. yes. You. You. Gollum. Do you guys Gollum. know Ebony Maw? Yeah, he called in the other week. Oh, yeah. Will you bad guys hang out? Have you guys heard of? The lettuce that can get emails. <laughs> yes, my precious little emails. I must go and find my precious. You talk to the spinach. See if yes. the spinach can find your precious. It will have send go. you an email. I must go and find my precious. Goodbye. Well, Gollum, I wish I could say it was a pleasure that you called in, but. Yeah, just, just hang up. Just hang yeah, up. Yeah, click. Oh. Guys, did I miss anything? Yes, you missed Gollum calls. Oh, I'll just listen to the podcast later, like I always do. So it's fine. He's he's not the best. Gollum? Oh, Oh. yeah. He's he's like that friend that you brought to the party that one time, and it was really good time once, and then you just kind of kept hanging out, (laughs) and now you just feel bad. You can't let him go because you know he doesn't have any other friends. He just keeps talking about the same thing over and over. You're like, man. And so you always know what you're going to get. Like, but you're like, I don't care about that. Let's you're going to get a guy who tells a couple jokes and always talks about his precious and likes to eat raw fish. <laughs> yeah, I've been that guy. I get that guy. Yeah. Uh, there has been, I mean, not that we do too much Lord of the Rings on this podcast, but there has been some questions. Are we ever going to talk about something Lord of the Rings related here? Oh, do oh, nerds wear glasses? Astonets, <laughs> don't worry, everybody. We'll get okay. Since right, we're only on show five, we plan on making it to show five thousand. Oh, 
which was the age of Aragorn from last week, if I remember correctly. I, I just remember he was old. Two two thousand, I believe. Two thousand. Okay. No, she, his wife was two thousand. Okay. What was he then? Like nine hundred or something? Yeah, I think he was nine hundred for a human. Huh? Looked pretty good. <laughs> Looked pretty good for you. <laughs> healthy, healthy diet there in Gondor for humans. Aragorn's a yeah, good looking guy. Say. Whoa. You're married, dude. Hey. Speaking of all like I see it. <laughs> Speaking of non-humans, D D character of the week. Oh, hang on. You're, you're getting ahead of yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, let's get to uh, you know, we're we're kind of wrapping things up. I just want to talk about D D so bad, guys. I've oh, I've just been working on it every day. I've been filling playing. notebooks with notes. Yeah, I can't wait to play. But uh, so what are your guys' recs? What are your recommendations? You know, for, for some of the listeners out there, dive into Randy. What do you what do you got? So uh, two things this week. Um, I agree, Wandavision. I'm co- totally caught up. I feel like this is where we got to walk a fine line on the on the podcast. We don't want any spoilers, so we kind of probably have to wait a while to talk about it. No spoilers until we spoil it. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Then there will be a spoiler warning. Um, but that's been good. Uh, and I just started Westworld season three. And I watched the first episode, and I loved it. I know it didn't get the greatest reviews, but I'm all in on it so far. And last thing, um, not sure. Have you guys ever heard of the TV show The Dinosaurs? Yes. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> Laurel and I are working our way through that. We've done episode one and two, and it's awesome. We just found out that it's on Netflix. It just came out on something. It, uh, yeah. Which one, Pat? Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Yes, Disney Plus. It did. Um, so it's uh, it's That's exactly not the mama, right? That is not the mama, baby. Yep, lots of taglines from that one. Not so, uh, not. <laughs> how many? Raise your hand if you owned a T-shirt that said "Not the Mama." Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> Randy's hands in the air. I Pat, loved it. I'm pretty sure you owned one. I think I owned one. Once again, guys, I could do a whole episode on the dinosaurs, but um, it is so good so far. So, yeah, that's what I'm plugging. Nice. Chris, how about you? Recommendations. Um, I, I've been going through my old my comics and just kind of looking through them. So uh, I think... Out of those, I'd have to recommend. I don't know if I recommended this on the podcast. I know I've recommended it to lots of people. Is like comics, check out Matt Fraction's run on Hawkeye, one of the best, uh, I don't know, 20, 30 issues or whatever. Um, fantastic storytelling, really brings like uh, the human side to superheroes, and it's just uh, awesome, awesome storytelling, great art. So check out Matt Fraction and I can't remember the artist run on Hawkeye. So was that the My Life as a Weapon or yes. is that the one you recommended to me? So yes. they're making a Hawkeye TV show. Is it based on that? Because it's called My I, Life. I, I thought, I think um, that is one of the big bases for it, okay. for that. But I'm not 100% sure if it's called, like they're just going to pull it straight from that comic or they're just kind of kind of model it after that. But I, I, that's definitely a big influence, at least. So, so that's one that you recommended, Chris, and I read it. I didn't get through all of it yet, but on Hoopla, and uh, I was loving it. It was mm-hmm. really, it's just a fun comic. It's really, it cool. is. 
it's great it's a great way to put it is very fun yeah and if you you finish it and you're like man that was good yeah you know i read it years ago and i still think about man that was a good good run i like that that was just a great story awesome i will throw in a plug for yeah what are you recommending thanks chris Uh, i'm gonna throw in a plug for uh destruction all-stars it's a a new ps5 game that just came out uh, and it, right now it's free on ps plus um basically it's like a demolition derby but it's really like i think just one of the one of the first games i think besides spider-man that i've seen that's really kind of taking advantage of some of the processing power and stuff on the ps5 it looks really good uh, i was playing it a little bit last night it's really fun um i don't think it's really going to have the legs to stay like to stay super fun i think it, you know it's the type of game like you'll play for you know, maybe a, a week or two, maybe three weeks, uh, similar to like Fall Guys, I feel like, where you'll have a really great time playing it for a couple of weeks, and then you'll kind of just be like, all right, this, I get it, this is done. But again, it's free right now, so it's all good. I'm still Speaking eating, of- oh, I was going to say, I'm still eating my way through Shark PG, so I haven't made my way to that one yet, but I saw it on there, and I'm definitely excited to try it. Go ahead, Chris. But you mentioned it's a demolition derby type game. Last week or two weeks ago, I was looking up if they're ever going to reboot Twisted Metal. Oh, that game. Yeah, and so it is a little Twisted Metal-esque, but it's not nearly as good. Like, it's not with the weapons and the... It it does have some some cool characters, but it's more... I don't know if anyone's played um, Burnout, like Burnout Paradise or or Burnout Takedown. No. Uh, It's it's more, I think, similar to that, but in, like, an enclosed arena setting. Basically, it's like they took Burnout and Fortnite and, like, smashed them together. It's kind of what it what it feels like, right. but it seems pretty fun. I would say check it out uh, again. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be a game you're going to play like prolonged, but you know if you get a couple weeks of enjoyment out of it for something free, pretty good. I um, that reminds me, Pat, on the PS5, I downloaded the new zombies came out today for Call of Duty Cold War Firebase Z. Played it with uh, some unknowns uh, online today, and it was glitching like crazy. Ooh, that's so right. it's fun, launch, Dave. right? Uh, classic. So, uh, yeah, but I, I'll get into it. Awesome. All right, and also before we wrap up and get to the D and D character of the week, uh, just want to get some social media plugs. We finally got our uh, website up and running, so go check that www.castbringers.com. Also check out our Twitter account at Cbringers. Um, we'll be trying. That to- was at at S E A Bringers, like the ocean. <laughs> C Bringers. That's a good question, Chris. At letter C Bringers. And so what we're going to be doing with that, we'll be trying to tweet out some of the articles for the multi strike in advance, uh, along with the topics that are coming up in upcoming episodes. Um, and also we're going to have a new little probably just a twitter exclusive thing called our parries of the week parries of the week will be articles that didn't quite make the cut for the multi-strike but just things that we kind of came across and found interesting uh we'll probably throw those up on our twitter account as well so check those out we um, also have a new instagram account that started it's at cast bringers is that how instagram works i'm not really familiar with instagram I yes, made a Casperingers account on Instagram, so there's nothing up there yet. What? <laughs> but check it out. Be an early subscriber, and you'll get the pride in yourself that you're an early subscriber. And they can email us, right? Yep. And then, as always, email us 
uh, castbringers at gmail.com. Again, if you have anything that you want to try to now, get. Now, Pat, is that email castbringers, like S-E-A, astbringers? Wait. Cat. Seabringers? Yes. <laughs> that question doesn't work this time. Oh, that, 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 that one fell a little bit. But um, if you do email us, it will detect landmines if they're near us. What? If, no, no, no. The landmines have already been detected. I'm getting constant emails from spinach. And about, <laughs> so, so are there? Are you getting emails from spinach like constantly that says there's no landmines, there's no landmines, there's no landmines? Yes. It's like Homer Simpson's everything's okay alarm. Correct. I just keep getting emails from dinosaurs buttholes. <laughs> kind of get sick of it. Well, do not go to that website, <laughs> Randy. But anyway, shoot us, shoot us some articles you find interesting. Castbringers at gmail.com. Maybe you'll get onto the, mo- or to the uh, what are we calling it? The killing blow? That's the one. Bam! Boom! <laughs> Got him. Ooh, I like that. Got him at the end. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Oh, that's the multi. Let's close it out with the D&D character of the week. This D&D character is Rexit. Rexit. He is does, a does he fix it? No, he wrecks it. <laughs> <laughs> that's R-E-K. Wait, Brexit? It is kind of like Brexit. I mean, it's spelled kind of similar to Brexit. Uh, actually, it's not R-E-K. a little controversial here. I-T. Uh, he is a male hobgoblin bard the College of Lore specialization. He has an urban bounty hunter background. Um, and part of the part of his background is he's gonna do whatever it takes to become wealthy. He invests and, in stonks. And that was a uh, <laughs> he invests heavily in GameStop and AMC. Um but it was characterized as an evil characteristic. So would we say he's like lawful evil? Well if he's doing anything he can to become wealthy, I don't wouldn't consider that lawful. The but evil's he's, given. He's he's obviously he's hobgoblin. Is he full chaos? Bard. <laughs> chaotic, chaotic bad. That's I, what I'm he, he went to college though. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's going to be worse. He's not. So is he chaotic good? No, he he's evil. It's he's evil. That's a chaotic, good. So he's chaotic. I feel, like, uh, chaotic I feel like he's neutral. Neutral. <laughs> Always neutral. Neutral. Speaking of it's hobgoblin, really evil. we'll split the difference. And Rexit. Brexit. Well, he's Rexit. He's got to be chaotic evil. Yeah. How would you, if you didn't see it, how would you spell it? I feel like there's an, an unnecessary I in there. R E K S I I T. Is it Rexit? It is. So that, I mean, it's Rexit. R E K S I I T. I'm assuming it's Rexit, but I don't know. Maybe it's some pronounce something else uh, i can't wait i spent hours coming up <laughs> with this this dm this this campaign and we're not going to make it past your names i'm guaranteeing <laughs> three sessions are going to be arguing about if we're chaotic neutral how or to not. pronounce a name what type of yeah why did i spend all this time on it <laughs> it'd be great so listen to listen, dice bringers dragonborn paladin is my name <laughs> No, Randy. See, I'm a dragon boy. What? Okay, hold on. Just so you know, Chris, I know you're excited about the uh, accent or whatever that is you're doing. Uh, in D&D, the rule is you have to stay in that accent character the entire time. You cannot. Oh, Randy. 
there should be no problem. If you want me to stay in my accent that I'm developing for my character. Okay. Not a problem for you. Okay, good. So it's no problem for me. When we start playing our D&D game, I'm going to be in character for the whole time. I have my dragonborn armor on, and I'll have my shield and my smashing and bashy ready to go. I'm going to get me some dragons at the down end of this dungeon. Can't wait. Can't wait. Perfect. Now, question for the DM, though. Is this player knowledge or is this character knowledge that we're discussing? <laughs> um, we haven't gotten to that chapter yet. I'm going to go with... Well, question for the DM real quick. What is the DC <laughs> on that roll call? Do I need to... Oh, um, I know what that means. That means defensive check. Nope. That means... It was dice check. Uh, it's not dice check, I know. You guys are waiting for me to look it up. I I just looked it up today because there's, there's a lot of DC. Well, they mentioned DC a lot, guess, and I'm like, I don't know. They're this... on the edge of their seat. What oh, does DC mean? Chris, we were both very close. It's difficulty class. Ah, difficulty class. All right. Well, right. I'll figure that out. We'll wrap it up sense. there. That's not what I ever thought of, man. <laughs> Would you look that up in the player's handbook, nerd? <laughs> oh no! Judgment. Let me go look it up in my player's handbook. See if we got the same player's handbook. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening this week. Again, check us out on social media: Twitter, email, Instagram, website, and we'll see you next time. Hey, Randy. Hey, Randy. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's me. It's your Dragonborn. Dragonborn who? Dra- it's, I just give me, the, give me the dungeon map. Is it going to wreck the dungeon and wreck it? I don't think he knows what jokes are. Just the Dragonborns aren't good at jokes. We're not known for our sense of humor. No, you guys are. I thought you guys were funny, chaotic. No, we're smashing and bashing.